It is not the presence of something scary that causes us to be afraid. It's forgetting who we're with. There's a man in the Old Testament named Daniel. He had a very powerful ministry that went through uh, several different political administrations, went through several different areas. He was uh, a part of uh, Israel and Jerusalem whenever it was overthrown, and he was actually held captive. Then he was told that what he could do and what he could not do. He actually had his name changed. He had all kind of things happen to him, but Daniel never changed his commitment to God. Daniel never decided, you know what, so many bad things have happened to me and began to blame God. Daniel never decided that it was God doing something wrong to him. Daniel decided before he got to the situation or the circumstance what he was going to do. Did you know sometimes in your life you're going to have challenges? You're going to have issues that come up. All I can tell you is this. You have to decide how you are going to respond before the issue gets there, if you want to have success in every area. In other words, number two, choose perseverance before you get to the problem. Choose perseverance before you get to the problem. If you get to a situation in your life and it's unexpected and you did not train yourself in how you will respond, most oftentimes you will respond by whatever the circumstance or the situation brings to you. But if you decide every, uh, uh, every morning that today is the day that the Lord has made, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, and you decide that no devil in hell, nor can my crazy cousin... Uh, Clarice steal my joy now all of a sudden you have decided before you got to the situation how you're going to respond I'm talking about living fearless number one is you can never forget that you are not alone number two you have to decide how you will respond before you get there did you know somebody's going to say something to you this week that's going to twist your tail Somebody's going to say something to you this week that they should have known better than saying that. They should have known better than acting like that. And let me tell you something. If it doesn't happen this week, Thanksgiving's on the way. You're going to be sitting there and, and I hope there's nobody named Clarice here. Clarice is going to come in and she's going to say, Oh, looks like you've been eating good. Wow, looky here. I see, I see. Looks like, looks like you've been, looks like you've been eating good. You know, I remember when you were skinny. And you're just like, Jesus, lover of my soul. Jesus, I'll never let you go. And I might not let Clarice go if she keeps talking about me. You gotta decide before you get there what you're going to do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three of my favorite guys from our Bible, they had a run-in with Nebuchadnezzar, also in the book of Daniel, and they were told that if you do not bow when you hear music and worship a golden statue of King Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to be thrown in a fire and we're going to cook you on the spot. Their answer is beautiful. They said, our God can deliver us and our God will deliver us. And my favorite part of the Bible. But if he does not, 
I don't bow to you, you godless heathen. You rascal, ring-tailed tutor, I don't bow to you. I understand that the ball might not bounce my way every day, but I have decided before the ball even came my way or did not that I am a child of the Most High God. If you find me in 2016, I'll be serving Jesus. If you find me in 2025, I'll be serving Jesus. If you find me as a bloody spot on the pavement, I'll be a bloody spot on the pavement saying, but glory to God anyway. It's different. When you decide before you get there. There was a time Jesus came and he told his disciples, he goes, guys, let's go to the other side. They were going to cross the the, the sea or the lake and they were going to go to a place called the Gadarenes because Jesus was about to go deliver a demoniac, somebody who was possessed by the devil. And they get about halfway there and a great storm shows up. And Jesus is sleeping in the bottom of the boat and the disciples who were fishermen, a lot of them, they got so nervous they thought the boat was going to sink. So they were, they were uh, a seafaring people so it was a storm that even, even sailors thought the boat was going to sink. And Jesus is just sleeping in the bottom of the boat. So finally, they get so scared, they go wake Jesus up. They're like, Jesus, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you know we're about to sink? And Jesus gets up and goes, how come y'all don't have any faith? And he looked at the wind, and he looked at the wave, and he looked at the storms, and he says, peace be still. One translation says, shut your mouth, wind. And the Bible says the wind just laid down. Now, I wonder if the disciples then had to get out their paddles and row the boat to the other side. I wonder if Jesus hadn't said, I didn't make that storm. The prince of the power of the air is trying to stop me from getting there. However, all things work together for good that love God and are called according to His purpose. So I'm just going to ride the wave. And the disciples, they got a little nervous. But here's the scenario. Jesus didn't say, let's go halfway across the lake. And if some circumstances arise that are contrary, we'll turn around and come back. Jesus said, we're going to the other side of this thing. You've got to decide what you're going to do before the circumstance arrives. Daniel's a great example of this because in precarious times he learned how to serve God and continued to serve God in every situation. And in this life right now, it's very precarious. There's a lot going on. The election is going to come to pass in two or three days and we might not even have a final word on Tuesday night. It would not be unusual given the unusual nature of the the election cycle. Nowadays, we have terrorism that used to be considered, you know, that's what happens in other places. It now happens in America. Not quite as often, but still there. We live in very precarious times. You used to could send your children to school knowing that what they were learning in school was relatively congruent with what God's Word says. But now you have to segment and teach them, hey, yes, ABCs and one, two, three, but mommy and daddy and our church and the Bible, that's what determines what we believe as far as morality and right and wrong. 
It's a very precarious time of life. It's a very precarious season. Uh, and Daniel found himself in this season more than once. One particular time, uh, the government, all the different princes of the specific, specific government, they did not like what Daniel was about. They didn't like that Daniel prayed all day, every day. They didn't like uh, that Daniel was committed. They, they, they primarily, get this, they didn't like that Daniel said there's one God. If you look at the government today, it's not that they don't like Christianity. It's that they don't like the fact that we believe Christianity is right and everything else is wrong. They don't, believe, they don't like the fact that we say there is one God. And it's not the government as a whole. It's little pockets that pop up. It's little pockets of people that shout the loudest, that scream the loudest, that change everything. And it's the same here. Daniel actually had great favor with the current king in this, time, in this particular time. This is found in Daniel chapter 6. He had great favor with the particular king. But there was, there was a pocket of people that didn't like him. Now, the pocket of people maybe not have been bad people, but they were certainly deceived in that area. They didn't like the fact that Daniel said there is only one God. They didn't like the fact that the king had favor all over Daniel. Daniel, we at least know at this time, had served, served three different Babylonian empires, three different Babylonian administrations, and he had favor with the king in every scenario. In every scenario, his name floated to the top. Not because, uh, not because he had the, the, the best way to snake his way in and to sneak his way in. No, he, he floated to the top because he kept God's precepts, principles uh, written on the table of his heart. He had the, the, the mercy and truth bound around his neck. And the Bible says that God would begin to give him a favor with God and man. And great understanding. We read it in, in Proverbs just a moment ago. So literally every time the king, whichever one it was, had an issue, he knew there was like a group of people that might be able to figure it out. But if he really needed to know, if he really wanted mercy and truth, if he really wanted some accuracy, he could go to God's man. In your life, it should be apparent to the people that you know that you will deliver mercy and truth. You will deliver mercy and truth. Listen, we're not ear ticklers. We're not any of those things. But we're also not brow beaters. We're not bang people over the head with the Bible and hope they get saved. No, absolutely not. We present the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we present mercy and truth. In a season and a time in society when every single person is looking for truth, when every single person is looking for an answer, we are running around with God's answers to the world's problems, yet for some reason the church is somehow silent. It's precarious times. Daniel knew how to operate in precarious times. And then all of a sudden, there was a demonic plan waged to take Daniel's life. The Bible says that the different princes, the different, uh, we could call them, uh, uh, the different politicians decided that they were going to pass a bill or a law and they were going to make it illegal for uh, Daniel to pray for 30 days, knowing that Daniel prayed every day of the world. They decided if they can't get Daniel with wickedness, if they can't tempt Daniel to be at the bar at 2 o'clock in the morning, if they can't tempt Daniel to click on the computer at 2 o'clock in the morning, if they can't quit, get Daniel to be sitting there watching, 
watching uh, other women as they go by. If they can't get Daniel, ladies, to be having conversations with men that you shouldn't be having. If they can't get Daniel to agree with the, 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 the backward society, then they'll get Daniel with righteousness. They'll say, we'll just throw a snare in front of him because he won't do what is illegal to God, but maybe he'll do what is illegal to man in spite of what he's done in the past. They threw a trap. They said, for 30 days, we're going to pass a law. And in that law, it says this, nobody is allowed to position, petition any other king or any other God for 30 solid days. Daniel gets word of this, and the Bible says in Daniel 6, verse 10, When Daniel knew of this writing or this new law, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Get this, King James, I love it. As he did aforetime. As was his custom, as what he had previously done, as what he had done his entire life, as what he had done that he was committed to. In other words, he kept on keeping on even when times got tough. It's 2016, 2017 is coming. Things are going to change. I don't know exactly how they're going to change. But they are going to change. You can guarantee things will be different. It is imperative if you want to live without fear. Number one, you have to recognize that you are never, ever alone. Number two, you've got to decide today, I'm going to persevere in 2017. You've got to decide today, I'm going to persevere after Tuesday. You've got to decide today, regardless of come what may, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to continue to follow after God. And then number three, you've got to decide, no matter if anybody on the planet tries to make it illegal for me to magnify God my window will still be open I will still be on my knees and I will still be magnifying God they don't have to like it they don't have to agree with it but just as aforetime just as previously you will find get this you will find New Heights Church lifting up the name of Jesus praising God laying hands on the sick seeing them recover we will be seeing miracle signs and wonders it doesn't matter if they make it against the law for the law below the law beneath the law there is a law that supersedes every law that man can write it's the law of God and it is bound around our necks we're going to live fearless we are not going to be intimidated and just for the record nobody's trying to intimidate our church nobody's trying I'm talking about we're making a decision before the situation gets there we've already decided we've already decided what we're going to do number three if you're taking notes if God has ever done it before he will do it again. Give God a hand of praise right there. If he's ever done it before. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the Bible says that he had a dream and, and nobody could interpret it. All of his magicians and warlocks and witches. And he said, that's it, I'm going to kill all of y'all. And they put Daniel in that pile. So they're going to kill Daniel too. And Daniel said, why are they going to kill me? And, and, and the guy who brought the news said, well, he's had this dream. He said, well, let me go talk to him. 
So he goes and he says, he says, hey, king. He says, actually says to him, king, live forever. Meaning he was honoring somebody that probably didn't deserve it. Can I say this? Honor is not earned. Honor is given. Respect is earned. Honor is given. Honor is what you do because you love God. Not because the person loves God. Honor is something that you just give freely. And the Bible says this, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So Daniel goes and he says, he goes, he goes, hey, give me a little time. I'll figure this dream out. And he goes back to his buddy, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He says, guys, you guys really got to pray. It's one of the great things our first touch team is about. When anybody as part of our leaders, uh, 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 leaders and, and, and uh, uh, volunteers of our first touch team, anytime anybody needs anything, immediately prayer chain, bang, just starts. So Daniel goes back and he goes, hey, can you, can, you, can, you, can you guys pray for me? He goes, yeah. So he's praying, and the Bible says he has a night vision. My grandfather used to have my, my mother, my, my mamaw, my grandmother, she called them night horses. <laughs> I guess this is another word for nightmares. I don't know. But he would have sometimes these, these, these really wasn't nightmares. He'd just walk in the middle of the night. And when he got older, he had Alzheimer's. So he would get up and he would walk around and he would ask just the craziest, most off-the-wall questions. Then, you know, we'd help him back to bed and everything. And that wasn't always pleasant. But did you know God can give you visions in the night? God can, God can give you, he can drop just a nugget of truth in your spirit while you're asleep. He can wake you up in the middle of the night. Don't you ever, if, listen, if you ever think that might be God waking me up, don't ever think five more minutes of sleep is better than five minutes with God. He'll tell you something they might not tell anybody else. He'll just drop a nugget, a night vision, just boom. And Daniel gets the answer to the prayer, and he goes, or he gets the answer to what the dream is, and he goes, and he tells Nebuchadnezzar his dream, and Nebuchadnezzar says, man, this guy right here, he goes, he is the man. I tell you what, you and your boys, you guys are smarter than everybody else. I'm going to make you ruler. In other words, he had favor with God and with man. Then the next guy comes around, and, and uh, he says, listen, uh, he, he's sitting there, and, and they're all just, they don't know it, some of them, but they're all just into all this demonic stuff. Listen, if it even smells like evil, just leave it alone. No more games. Listen, we're coming into a different season. No more games. Supernatural things are going to manifest more in the days ahead than they ever have. Listen, in history, in all of history, because the earth is convulsing. The spiritual world is warring good versus evil all the time. We'll see manifestations uh, uh, in the, on the evil side, and we'll see manifestations on the good side. Here's the good news. There's two-thirds more <laughs> on our side than there are against us. But it's going to happen. We'll see it. So uh, these... Uh, uh, effectively uh, demonic uh, entities are sitting there and they're having this big uh, keg party and everybody's smoking dope and drinking Miller Lite. Dave, you were there. (laughs) So they're having this big deal and all of a sudden the king, he says... He says, go get me those gold vessels 
from the temple of Jerusalem. Because whenever they overthrew Jerusalem, they took all the spoils from Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple and they took all the, the very valuable things from the temple. And they said, put some wine in there. I'm going to drink. Now they had already offered this wine to their demons. So they poured this wine that they'd offered to their demons and what God had called holy. He had called those vessels holy. And they began to drink and pass them around. And all the, uh, all the everybody there is drinking all this. You can read this in, in, in Daniel chapter 6. Or chapter uh, 4, maybe 4. Anyway, sitting there, they're drinking it. And while it's happening, uh, the Bible says that a hand comes out of the fire and writes on the wall. And the king loses his mind. How many of you might lose your mind if a hand jumped out of the fire and began to write on the wall? It began to write on the wall, but nobody could read it. So the king says, man, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm so perplexed. So he goes and gets Daniel. And Daniel reads to him what's on the wall. And that day, the king is killed. Not by Daniel, but he's overthrown. But here's what I'm saying. In the coming years... That which is holy is going to be tried to be made common. But what God calls holy, listen to me, is holy. You are holy. When God said you're the righteousness found in Christ, that means you're holy. You're set apart. So literally this king, he's passing around what God calls holy and it cost him his life on the spot but Daniel had favor with him too then the Bible says that the next king his name was Darius he was very unique he had a band called Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> and then he went country because he was cutting no. up <laughs> it's called ADD you can look it up such is life. But he had this, this guy named Darius. And Darius, now, uh, uh, part of what Daniel read on the wall is you're about to be overthrown by the Persians and the Medes. And Darius comes and overthrows him. So Daniel prophesies Darius into uh, existence, so to speak, or into authority. And Darius is there, and, and the Bible says that it was his guys, it was his politician, it was his, get this, congressmen and senators that decided there was a law that needed to be passed that would affect God's people. And they said, listen, we're going to pass this law and nobody can pray for 30 days. Nobody can pray to anybody. The only person you can petition is King Darius for 30 days. Daniel said, I'm not, uh, not going to do that. I'm going to do what God says more than I'm going to do what anybody else says. I just said this. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to kill all of God's people, and God gave Daniel favor. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to kill Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and God gave Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego favor. Bel uh, Belshazzar wanted to kill everybody. He'd lost his mind, and yet God gave him favor. God gave Daniel favor with him. Then Darius comes. He's brand new, and God gives Daniel favor with Darius. What I'm trying to tell you is if God ever did it once, he'll do it again. Here's the other side of it. 
God knows how to bless you no matter who's in power. Did you hear what I said? God knows how to, listen, Tuesday's going to come and go. I sought the Lord real hard during this election cycle. I said, Lord, would you have me say anything? He said, I want Jesus talked about in my house. I said, okay, I'll talk about Jesus. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter who's in power. When it comes to God, He can bless you whether they're throwing people in a fire. He can bless you whether they're lifting them up. He can bless you whether they're putting gold chains on their neck. He can bless you in every circumstance. He can bless you if they pass a law that says you can't honor God, you can't serve God. He'll raise up somebody that will be a deliverer. He'll raise up another Moses. He'll raise somebody up because God knows how to bless you and it doesn't hang on Washington. It doesn't hang on Austin. It doesn't hang on any anything else it hangs on three nails on an old rugged cross that were blood stained for you and for me vote the bible let your voice be heard but don't you live in fear because god knows how to bless his people in every situation give god a big hand of praise Last point I'm going to make, number four, count it all joy. We've lost this in church. James is Jesus' brother, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. James, Jesus' brother. My brothers, I got two. One of them's named Douglas. He's six foot, seven and a half inches tall. We're identical twins. Um, (laughs) He's older than me. I have another brother that's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, they're both just super smart, gifted in all their ways, but here's the thing about them. They know things about me that nobody else does. Listen to me. I'm about to say this. They know things about me my parents don't know. (laughs) We'll tell y'all one day. We'll be standing next to y'all's tombstone saying, well, I just feel like I need to tell you this, Dad. I know you lived to 120 and I'm glad, but do you remember that time when you left us alone and you were trying to figure out where did that vase go? My bad. <laughs> we, we, I, grew up in a, I grew up in a family that believed the Bible and, and, and like uh, a spanking sounded like a good time because <laughs> I, didn't, I never heard the word spanking. I heard whipping, whooping. Uh, all those other things, but we, but I never heard spanking until I got to school, and and a friend of mine said, "Man, I'm gonna get a spanking." I'm like, "Sounds like a deal, man. Is that candy? Or where do you get this spanking stuff at?" And he goes, "Man, my dad used a belt." I said, "You mean a whooping?" Ah, I remember one time we had a, my dad had this special tool. It's called a board. <laughs> it's, and he never hit as hard with it like in the neck, but. But he kept that thing, and, and, and man, if he said, go get the board, like it, was a, like it was a problem. The first thing you did was go put on about 12 pair of underwear, <laughs> and then you went and got the board. I never did that, but anyway, I went and got, so anyway, they left town one time, and my older brother, I'm, I'm narking him out right now. He says, he, says, he says, we should get rid of that board. They had gone out to dinner or something. I said, 
I don't think we should do that. <laughs> he said, he said, he said, you think, you, what do you think they'll do? I said, I don't know. So my brother went and got the board. It was just a little old flimsy thing. Couldn't hurt you if you wanted to. And he takes it over his knee and he breaks it. And he says, now you go throw it in the woods. I said, I'm not touching that which is holy. <laughs> so my brother went through it in the woods. So mom and dad, I can't even look at them when I say it. <laughs> Moving on. James, Jesus' brother, probably knew more about Jesus than anybody else. He said, brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And that actually means trials. When trials come your way, count it all joy. Then verse 3 says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. One translation says endurance. Count it all joy. We've lost it. We, you know, when, when I was, when I was in, uh, you know, playing sports and stuff, you would, there was a certain amount of pain you had to endure to be able to endure more. So if you want to run a mile or five miles, you don't start running five miles day one. You run a mile, you run a half a mile, and it hurts. But you know that the result you're looking for requires you to go through some stuff. James says, if you understood that every time you endure something, you're adding another half mile to how far God can trust you. Every time you go through some stuff, you're adding another 100 feet, 200 feet, 300 feet to, where God, to what God can trust you with. In other words, if you want to live a fearless life, you've got to sit there and go. You don't want to like uh, poke the bear, so to speak, but you've got to decide before you get there, listen, I'm going to endure no matter what happens, but then at the exact same time, I'm going to count it all joy. The devil stops trying to figure out how to mess with you when you count it all joy. When he throws a curveball at you and go, bless God, I missed it that time, but now I know what that curveball looks like. I'll hit it the next time. I count it all joy that I'm going through this trial. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for trusting me to go through this trial. Thank you, Jesus, for being with me in the valley of the shadow of death. Thank you, Jesus, that you've trusted me to persevere. Thank you, Jesus, that you're going with me. Thank you, Jesus, that you've never left me. You begin to count it all joy. No, there's a joy. And here's the thing. You count it all joy. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, all of a sudden, you're sitting there, and the devil's like, I got you now. And you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I feel my perseverance. I feel my endurance growing. Oh, there goes my strength. I tell you what, get behind me, Satan. You've got no say in my life. We're going to live fearless. We're going to live fearless after November 8th. Whether it's him or her, there's enough to be concerned about on both sides. But we're going to live fearless. We're not going to be ashamed of the gospel. I don't care what anybody says. We're going to live fearless. We're not going to be ashamed of who God has made us to be. We're going to live fearless. 